We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Hello. Hi. Is this thing on? Um, it's it's podcast uh, it's podcast three seventy. Hopefully you're yeah. hearing it, and I say that because behind the scenes things are changing. RSS feeds are, are swapping over. That's right. Your phone may blow up with a lot of new episodes. I'm just hoping that Friday morning you hear this yeah, when it's agreed. intended to come out. Agreed. It comes out essentially first of February. I'm hoping you're hearing it first of February. If you're a person that listens to the podcast right away on a Friday, happy right. Friday. Hopefully you're hearing it properly, and in the next week or so you'll not even know a change happens. But if you're going, where the heck's the podcast? I'm sorry about the delay, and sure. we're glad to have you now. Sure, absolutely. Well, yeah, things are switching. We're thrilled to be uh, you know, headed in a new direction with the podcast, and things will continue to proliferate, I'll say, with yes, for sure. live debates and more guests and all that kind of stuff. I had a lovely afternoon, by the way, <clears throat> before we dive into a cool That's, podcast. You haven't actually told me about this yet, other than to tell me you were going to do it. I was busy editing. Oh, by the way, season four. The, the new oh, thank stuff you. Let's starts talk about that tomorrow. First. Thank you. Yes. This is what I was doing today. The new stuff starts tomorrow. I'm working right. on episode five, but episode one <laughs> premieres. This is the 06 comparison. It's, and look, if you've seen our Corvette film, this is actually not a full retread. It's not. There's obviously some shots that are used the same and some sections that are the same, but right, it's right. probably 50% new, If even if you've seen yeah. the Corvette film and have memorized it. Well, it's it new commentary. New. Absolutely, yes. Because we looked at these Z06s as, as a, these mm-hmm. compared to each other, not in the mm-hmm. larger context of Totally. Corvettes in history. Totally. And we talked about the fact that you can, if you would like a Z06 Corvette, you could actually afford one between generation five, six, and seven. Astounding. So that piece is premiering on Motor Trend tomorrow, Saturday. Yeah. Very cool. So if you're one of the people that watches it on cable or other places, it's on PlayStation View, it's on Hulu, it's on other places, you can get it digitally. Yeah, pretty We cool. would love for you to watch it over the next week or so because this starts seven new weeks of brand new TV episodes and those will start populating to Amazon by about a month from now, by the beginning of March. Pretty awesome. It's all coming. Yeah, we're thrilled to share all this content with you. Cayman's is next week, but we got to get through Z06s first. <laughs> the Cayman's Z06 is piece is cool, and the Cayman <laughs> piece is really cool. There's a lot of great stuff oh, coming, so for excited. sure. All right, so I had a lovely afternoon mm-hmm. thinking that <clears throat> this is work. I'm, I'm actually doing work. Mm-hmm. So what happened was a friend, a uh, friend of the show, actually he went with us on the 2016 pilgrimage trip, He's yeah, uh, local time. in town here, and he let me know that he just acquired a brand new Porsche GT3 Touring. Oh. And he came by the house and picked me up, and we went for a drive this afternoon. It's just warm and melted enough uh-huh. that you could actually get that car, because doesn't it have the Cup 2s on it? Yes, it has yeah. Pilot Sport Cup 2s. The opposite of winter tires. Yeah, he said he gets a little squirrely, even in 37 degrees, and of the roads are clear and dry Of course here. he does. He gets a little squirrely on power coming out of a corner. I'm not surprised at all. And so we were ginger, but you yeah. know, I still got my daily triple, which was... Well done. Well done. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I had the opportunity to drive this GT3 Touring. It was pretty awesome. I'm I'm, sure we're going to get to doing a fast blast of this car, but Mm -hmm. we're not quite at spring and summertime yet. I figured the car only has 150 miles on it right now. Wow. Wow. This is a six speed as well. 500 horsepower. 9,000 RPM redline. He took it to eight, and I didn't get anywhere so, near that. Wait, is it a manual? It's a manual. Really? The Touring is manual. Oh, that's even better. Six speed. That's even better. It's just right. How is that gearbox? Is it good? It's brilliant. Good, good. I'm glad to hear that. You really... Well, i got to save all my commentary for the okay. review right. when hey, we get to it. It's good. It's... Um, 
welcome to Porsche's world is what it says with each shift. Well, but but that's the 997 six-speed and the same generation Cayman was a fantastic six-speed yes. manual. So, I mean, yes. if they can return to that feel, I love it. That's great. You're, you're reminded of, oh, that's the ethos of Porsche, and this is why they pay so much attention. And honestly, this is why they charge you so much for this experience because – Ooh, it's worth it. One well, cool thing I did yes. come away with, though. Here's a cool tidbit for oh, all you GT3 okay. touring owners. Yeah, mm. for, yeah, all two of you listening right now. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> not me. So this car has no lift upshift. It oh, is sure. a feature. Okay. Not only does sport mode activate the rev match downshift, okay. but going from second to third, any gear mm-hmm. at any speed, mm-hmm. it gives you two seconds of time. So you don't have to move your accelerator foot. You don't have to move your right foot. Hmm. You're, you're almost you're, floored. Your yeah. foot is planted. Push the clutch in, slot the new gear home, and it actually modulates sure. the engine sure, revs sure. for you. So other cars, it would hit the red line. The, the, it'd bounce off the... Yeah. You, the you'd problem the is car. you get into any other car if you're getting used to that, and I you cannot that. drive it that way anymore, ever. <laughs> I said, yeah. once you get used to this, because every time yeah. I, I lift a little bit, and he's like, no, 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 try it. And I had to train myself there mm-hmm. for a little sure. bit just yeah, to yeah. actually think... Okay, don't lift when I upshift. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do, but then the the car actually shifts almost as fast as PDK mm-hmm. in a standard mode, not in a sport setting, but yeah, in a standard I'm with mode. You, I'm with you. Wow, it's that is really cool. Brilliant. All right, all right. I, I, don't I lift hear, upshift on a manual. Yeah, okay, I, I hear I hear God. your love. I am going to say I did actually bump into earlier today because I you know we just randomly look around on the web. Uh, there is a, a GT2. GT2, mind you, mm. RS, so mm. the latest and yeah. greatest of the 991, Yikes. currently for sale here in, in Salt Lake City for $450,000. And all I have to say is no. House. No. Buy no, no, just, a no. house I, I just, there, with that money. No. I, I don't know what the MSRP is. It's not that and no is the answer. Wow. Yeah, no, there's no way. But yeah, I just had to share a little bit of Porsche love, and uh, I will post those photos on Instagram probably on Monday. So cool. by the love time, it. It, whenever you've heard this, go look for them on Instagram. I'll yeah, post some yeah, photos yeah. that I took because they are pretty awesome. Delightful. You had it a doesn't better... have the hound's tooth, but it has the sport textile and seats, and it had the wow. carbon buckets and the Oof. carbon ceramics, Dang. and it's just... You I, had, granted, you're also fishing a barrel when it comes to Porsche love, but I am. but you had a better drive day than I did. But I was I was watching our piece from Griot's, which is the the, the situation where we had stuff guys. stolen. This is going to be special. It was the difficult shoot where we had yeah. everything stolen, but we also got to drive the Eagle, uh, not Eagle Speedster, but the J, the E Type Speedster, which is kind of like an Eagle, yeah. and the incredibly crazy fine tuned 914 Porsche. <laughs> That's going to be a really cool episode that is very different because yeah. it's you and I driving like collectible, fine-tuned cars, which we haven't done before, and I'm excited about right. that piece as well. So I was editing that today and watching us drive those cars and kind of living vicariously through the, fo- the, through the footage, mm. which is what I hope for for all of you listening, too. So there's a lot of cool stuff coming. We should do car debates. We I have we one should. from Kirby writing to us in California. He's 17. We also have one from Scott writing to us as well. He's looking for a uh, luxury car. And then guess what? I know you're not surprised. Wow, you've bombarded us with questions. I love it. There are some really, really good ones. Yeah, you're totally awesome. All right, diving into the debate for Kirby. Thank you so much for writing. He is a 17-year-old high school senior living in Burlingame, California. Yeah. He said he started learning stick earlier this year on his older brother's Tuned 86, which is a great Great. platform to learn on. Yeah, for sure. His brother's off at college, so he can't really use it. He doesn't have the ability to continue his learning of the stick. Mm -hmm. So he's Mm -hmm. thinking, all right, I need to get something for myself. And he's looking for a car. In the six thousand range, six thousand mm-hmm. and a half, maybe somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah, seven is seven is the absolute like that's we're out. That'd, we're that'd out at seven. We're top. out at seven. Yeah, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And you know, 
keeping our our discussion about $5,000 cars has re-entered my mind, even though we're mm-hmm. slightly above that. Yeah. But I found some surprising choices that I wouldn't hesitate to recommend to Kirby. Agreed. Except, Kirby, I do want to prepare you. The same thing we say about $5,000 cars applies here. And that it does. is, yes. whatever car you buy at this place probably needs something. You you may get lucky. Yeah, you yeah. may get lucky. I understand that that exists, and there I'm going to get letters about. I brought a two thousand dollar car and haven't done anything, and I put a hundred thousand miles on. It. Great. I know there's <laughs> exceptions. I know. Well, but and in you've general, been the exception too with the mini. True. In general, you've proved this. The uh, the five thousand the less than ten thousand dollar car. Let's put it that way. Probably has enough mileage and enough life that's happened to it that it will need. Something. It doesn't mean it's going to be catastrophic. It doesn't mean to stay away. But just prepare yourself that if you buy this car for five to $7,000, you may turn around right away and get fill-in-the-blank tires, yeah, transmission exactly. service. I don't know what that's going to be, but just keep that in mind. But we're still going to stay in your budget. I have some good ideas. Currently driving a Crown Vic. <laughs> we're moving out of Crown Vic world where we're headed. It reminds me of your Caprice, though. Yes, it actually reminds for sure. me of that sort of growing up totally. that you did with the Caprice in college. Yes, absolutely. It's I had kind of the same thing. I, I briefly, if you've heard the, the, these origin stories on the podcast. If you haven't, go back to podcast number 52. That's a crazy one where we tell the whole story. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I had a, a 1982 uh, four-cylinder Firebird with less than 90 horsepower for about uh, three months. And it started to just chew through alternators and, and uh, belts. And I got really good at changing the belt on that. So I got rid of that car. And then mm. I just inherited a line of Caprice Classics. So my dad bought the <laughs> early 90s Caprice Classics, actually late 80s Caprice Classics, and just kept ha- – everybody got a hand-me-down. My mom, me, my sister, we all got hand-me-down Caprice was Classics. Was that the Dynock with the wood trim? No, we never had the wood trim one, thankfully. Okay. Okay. But it was the ones that were still boxy before they did the, the, the late mid-90s when they all had an SS. That was oh, after yes. the Impala SS and the Caprice. Yeah, right. That was the later kind of rounded one. This is before that. The last <laughs> of the boxy ones. This was not that. Yeah. Think of the cool one. This was not that. Well, but the last of the boxy ones. <laughs> my dad, I think, I think all told, I think he owned six before he got over Caprice Classics. Unbelievable. And so, yeah, I drove one of those for a long time. Moved to L.A. in that car. That's right. Drove it for a long time. You had your so, rollerblades rattling around in that trunk. Uh, I had so my huge. entire life moved to Los no, Angeles in the back of that geez. car. I still can't believe I did that. So I, I understand, Kirby, having the, the big body-on-frame, rear-wheel drive monster as your first car. Let, let's let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Let, let's move on. <laughs> exactly. Especially speaking of, of Crown Vicks, Kirby and those of you who have worked for Ford and can verify this, I had a friend who was a supplier to Ford, and he said mm-hmm. that they made so many Crown Vicks and okay. Mercury that, Grand Marquis. That, that body, essentially. That body, yeah. the, the, all that, that car, the, the stampings, they made so many of them that the new cars were actually had really terrible tolerances. Oh. Because the tooling was worn out and it was so beat down. They made so many and the tooling like rounded off corners of, you know, steel tools and all this stuff. So the tolerances like doors were loose and this was on new cars. Sure. Because the tooling was worn out. They made so many taxis and cop cars. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That is funny. I love it. So Kirby is looking for a, a car that will, he'll have until he leaves for college. Maybe he'll have a gap year in there. You know, maybe it's a, sh- a short time he'll have it, but maybe if it turns out to be a good car, he might have it for a little bit longer. But the pursuit here is first rear-wheel drive, manual, small sports car. He wants yeah, that really experience. Is. And it seems like not only does he want that experience because it's not the Crown Vic, which is true of a lot of things, <laughs> but also because his brother has this 86. That's influenced him. So he's looked around in this world, and he started with his personal love of the MR2. 
and he talked about right. both of the MR2s that happened. If you think about the little mid-engine Ferrari-looking MR2s came out in the 80s. They were the 80s and the, and the one in the early 90s. Both Super of those, cool. except that's been killed because there is a parental mandate in here that is must have good airbags. And those are too old to have good airbags. So both of those MR2s are out. He's also been saying he's wanted a convertible in here. That's part True. of his requirements, True. even though yes. I don't know if we're going to get quite there, but maybe. I, I think we're doing, doing all right. He's talking about how he'd love to have the opportunity to have a small rear-wheel drive sports car to take on Pacific Coast Highway, which is not far from him. And i got to say, Kirby, honestly, uh, I was more than twice your age first time I drove Pacific Coast Highway. So if you can do that <laughs> as a high schooler, that's, that's a good start to life, my yeah, friend. Let's sure. get you a convertible rear-wheel drive to enjoy that. All right, so he's got the Crown Vic looking for the third MR2. So that is the Spider, spider, known in the U.S. as the Spider. And that is uh, the ZZW30 is really the engine code or the, the sure. car code. Sure, let's talk codes. Why not? It's the Spider. It's that it's that late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, yeah. Looks kind of like a bugger, more bug version of the first Boxster. So built from 99 like, yeah. to 2007. At least that's when it was offered in the U.S. And he's really liking that. I actually agree with this car. Agreed. I think you can find them. I think mm-hmm. they're going to be great. They're small, nimble. And I do think they meet the requirements mm-hmm. for what you're looking for. So that's yep. definitely consideration. I like where your headspace is at. Actually, your car ownership led me to a 300Z. Oh, interesting. Because I thought, well, yeah. T-Tops, Targa, yeah. Yeah, kind well, of convertible And the convertibles are, are even cheaper, but I would go, I would go T-Tops. And you're but right. You T-tops. can get them all day long. Now, now airbags yeah. is the problem. That is the problem because your car did not have that, and that was in True. 1990. Yes. Airbags go. were in cars prior to that. They just yeah. weren't in yeah. your car. You need to go, I think I think 91 or 92, they get them on the driver's side, and it's not till like 5 or 6 late in the run that they get them on the passenger side. I mean, you could theoretically do the convertible of that car. It's a little bit bigger, but yeah. you know, yeah. you find the right one. They're going to have high miles, though. Mm-hmm. Any of these yeah. are going to have high miles. Yeah, for sure. I think that MR2 Spider is going to have probably less, probably in the seventy to 90,000 range. Well, but, it's significantly newer. It's a 10 year newer well, car yeah. than, than the Z car you're going to find. But here's the thing, though. If Let's he buys them. one of those, I like, I hadn't thought about this 300ZX. I like this actually quite a bit. I, honestly, it led me to well, where that's good. it was like a progression of you. It was Caprices <laughs> to 300ZX. Kirby, He's let's got talk. a Crown Vic. And it's like, let's talk. That's funny. Well, it's very funny. 300Z. I like it. Here's the thing, Kirby. If you don't get a turbo, which your parents are going to prefer you didn't have a turbo anyway, you don't get the turbo. They'll be cheaper. Too. They're very cheap. You can get one yeah. for your budget. Maybe you have money left over. Be careful of, of the fact that they are, A, going to need something, and B, hard to work on. Ask me how I know. Uh, that was the most difficult alternator I've gotten to in the history of the world. <laughs> that, that car almost just yeah. swore me off of being a wrench. No, it was just like, know, you know what? Know. My hands are too big. This isn't happening. We're done. Anyway, I like that idea, though. That's cool. Isn't that kind of interesting? Yeah. I just thought, all right, if we're going there, let's follow the progression. Yeah, keep going. Okay. Caprices to 300. Let's, let's make Kirby as crazy as I am. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. So I've got uh, a few choices here. I'm going to work up to them. And I started with some modern cars. Okay. 2011 Honda CRZ EX manual mm, okay. in blue with 95,000 miles is $5,800. Would run like crazy, would be more fun than yeah. you think, but isn't rear wheel drive. It's not rear wheel drive. Great not, six not a convertible. Speed, though. Great six speed. It's got airbags, mm-hmm. it's economic, it's got. You know, great rear space, rear hatch space. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to love about it mm-hmm. and kind of an interesting choice. It's not I a hot that. hatch I by any it. stretch. I see it, yeah. But they're cheap and they it'll run. And all of the above, yeah. Because Kirby, the thing in my mind is insurance too. Is we're going through all of these cars, mm-hmm. you know, an insurer is going to see a 17-year-old driving a 300Z and go, ha, ha, ha. 
Sweet. Except the car is going to be totaled out at $2,000, so they might well, be like, eh, whatever. Well, true. We'll see. We'll see. Still. All right. So I also shopped 2012 Hyundai Velosters, 98,000 miles, mm, Okay. 6500 bucks. You know they'd take six. Yeah. This yeah, was yeah. yellow. Actually, it looked pretty cool. Okay. 2012, right. that's a modern car. Sure it is. Yeah, for sure. And it would meet all the requirements and I think would be pretty good on insurance. Pretty decent. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I thought, what about this Mini Cooper S convertible that I found? 2009, Mm. Cooper S convertible. Don't worry, it looks cool. It's silver with black stripes and a black top. Black wheels, too. So it looks pretty boss. It looks cool. 91,000 miles for seven grand. And we know those cars can do twice that many miles. Exactly. Evan, actually, who won Spot the Mini. Yes, hello, Evan. Hi, Evan. Thank you, man. He wrote us back this past week and said that, I was curious, he wrote us back, gave us a Spot update. He said that Spot (laughs) is doing fine running around North Carolina and having they're having a blast with it it's become almost their go-to car because when they go into the city they can park it anywhere his wife has rediscovered fun driving and driving a manual and Evan who's every bit as big as you and I are has discovered he can take the front wheel off his mountain bike and fit his mountain bike in the back spot is getting used and is running like crazy and Evan I am thrilled again so happy that you won that car (laughs) that the raffle worked I look spoiler alert no details at all we are talking about what this year's raffle will be. We're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. There's lots of discussion. We still have to see, honestly, I, I hate to say it this way, we have to see the tax repercussions of how last year's Right. That's, that's fell actually out, important. Honestly. So once we get all our taxes yeah. done and we go, okay, all that worked, then we'll figure out this year's raffle. We're already talking about it because clearly Spot found a good home and we're thrilled. This is more of a public service announcement than a, an actual option for you, Kirby. <laughs> okay. What is it? But I did find a 2002 Porsche Boxster in Arlington, Virginia Uh-oh. with 104000 miles All right. for $6,900. Wow. Wow. And it has it's ha- everything done to it. It's top shape. Really? It's not beat down. It's not, you know, dusty and covered with... You can't see me, but I just sat up straighter in the podcast. Yeah. This, I just went, do I need a Boxster? For 69 yeah. You yeah. know they take 65 You might be able to get for sixty-two fifty. We have it in our. We have a, a uh, we have a cheap sports cars episode coming up. That is episode three of this season, mm-hmm. and that that first gen Boxster is discussed in there. And now I am intrigued by the less than seven thousand dollars Boxster. <laughs> I now, mean, now now Kirby's parents said no. They don't really <laughs> want him to get a German car because they're worried about reliability and maintenance costs. Exactly. I do see that it's a used Porsche Boxster. It's also a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I don't care what model of Porsche it is. An insurance agent is going to see that and think, aha. A 17-year-old in a Porsche? <laughs> I don't me, think so. Let me, du- let me double-check what your rate's going to be. Hang on. I'm going to talk to my supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just hold, please. I'm going to have a conversation. So it's, that's why I say it's more of a PSA sure, sure, than, sure, yeah. than anything, Kirby. But I just wanted you to know, you could genuinely get in a Boxster. Imagine yourself in a Boxster yeah. cruising up PCH. Mm-hmm. That could be cool. Yeah, okay. But I don't think that's the car you should get. I think you should consider any one of these other front-wheel drive okay. Japanese cars that are going to run before you even think about a Porsche. You've got the rest of your life to think Porsche. It's early for that. I agree it's with that. It's rather early. I love the MR2. That is a good go-to choice here. Totally. But there's some other choices. That 300Z is kind of it's picking compelling. my brain. It's compelling. I think you'd enjoy that car quite I mean, a bit. high miles on the ones you can find. If you can find a good one yeah. and you're willing to go 7, 65, somewhere in there... I see it. I like it. Uh, it. Kirby, I have three for you I want to talk about real quick. Uh, and you've brought up one of them. But here's the thing. I was reading your email, and you hadn't even gotten to MR2 Love yet. But I'm reading your email, and you're, and you're talking about the things you'd like. Convertible, less than $7,000, yeah. needs to be Japanese or American because your parents don't want you to have a European car. Yeah. It needs to have airbags. And I started thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Miata's obvious, but also wouldn't the MR2 Spider work? And then you brought it up, Kirby. So I think the MR2 Spider is a great one for you. Mm-hmm. You've asked, why doesn't this car sell better? I'll tell you the reasons. One, the Miata is better known. I was going to say, we and, haven't said Miata up to this point. Yes, and the, the, I'm going to get back to it. But the okay. Miata is better known. I think that MR2 Spider, which I've always kind of liked, it is love it or hate it styling. Some people just flat out don't like it. Okay, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I, but, I, but I actually would own one. I would totally. Own I know. One, and you've never really liked it. Yeah. And I've driven it. Thought it was really fun. Also, it makes a Miata. I know this sounds crazy. This makes a Miata look like a utility vehicle. There is borderline like two I thought small K cars, though. Two small grocery bags, <laughs> like like little plastic grocery bags, and your storage is full, and it's all behind the seats. Yeah, yeah. So there's no like normal trunk. There's none of that kind of stuff in the MR2 Spider, which makes it even less usable than a Miata, which is a shocking sentence. <laughs> so this is the reason the Miata <laughs> true. Uh, does better than an MR2. Down. But yeah. I like the MR2 for you quite a bit. You could get an NB that is a second-generation Miata for sure. You said you're 5'8", so we're not having any of the weird Sasquatch issues I have in a Miata. <laughs> you could get – and the NB is the one that fits me the least, but it would be great for you. Yeah. You yeah. might – you might even find maybe, because they've gone down, a Mazda Speed Miata, which is the turbo one, but you're not supposed to have a turbo. But you could <laughs> definitely get an NB. I just think about insurance ramifications you, for him. Exactly. You might, and I think the parents going to be like, no turbos. Right. You could also actually – Find yourself the first year NCs, third gen, or down in this area. They're getting there. I think it'd be Are a they fine. Six, I think it'd be a fine, grand? but it's not like there's a lot of them, but I think you could find one. But NB, second gen for sure. But then I have one you didn't bring up that I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. It's modern, it's got airbags, it's rear wheel drive, it's convertible. He doesn't need utility, okay. so problem solved there. It's in his budget, it's American. Okay. The Pontiac Solstice. Oh my gosh. And honestly, you can get the base ones, which are about 180, uh, uh, 180 horsepower. You can also find the GXPs, which are turbo at 250. You're not going to end up in the turbo. I know that's the situation. Say, but horsepower. I'm saying both of them are available for under seven grand. You have options. Are they here. really? Now, the ones I was finding that are this low that are the turbos are also automatics. But you can find a manual for your budget of the Solstice. And the biggest problem I have with the Solstice for most people is the fact that there's the, the top closes in a weird way, even though it looks great. It closes fussy. in a weird way. Yeah. And as a result, you have no storage. But you don't need storage. You're 17. You, and you've said right here, you don't need any huh. utility. You're driving, driving a Crown Vic. American car, modern airbags. You're not going to see a ton of them. They're out there. This is actually interesting. I like this a lot. I do too. So this these are my actually really, top three for you. Really Second intriguing. gen Miata, that MR2 Spider or Solstice, Take one of those. You don't need turbos. Take one of those down to PCH, drive it, love it, done. I mean, Kirby, you realize the Solstice represented the new styling direction for Pontiac just before they killed the entire brand. <laughs> it was this cool. cool new, hey, no more plastic body cladding with yeah. the, you know, the huge three hot dog shaped bumps yeah. on the side, you know, and, these and, and the raised bubble, portions. The bubble interior buttons also gone. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're going in a new direction. Kill the brand. Yeah. The only thing I really don't like about the Solstice as that I think is aged terribly is I think the interior is just a sea of plastic and I don't love no, that. It is. But That's you know what, what brought the price down but, though. But honestly though, I think the interior of the Solstice is better than the interior of the MR2 Spider. What if they brought the Solstice back as the name of the car under a different badge? The Corvette Solstice and make it the 86 sure, competitor. Sure. Yes. 
We have hmm. I'm I'm, I'm going to beat this drum again. Corvette <laughs> is a separate enthusiast brand. The current Corvette, the front engine right now, is called the Stingray. The one below it is called the Solstice. The new bin engine is called the Zora. There's your brand. You have an 86 fighter, a standard above the Camaro uh, front engine, big V8 uh, vet, and then you have the mid-engine R8 fighter that is 150 to 200 grand called the Zora. I've just built a Corvette brand. Hi, GM. Hello? Is this thing on? Hi. (laughs) I'm actually really warming to that idea. I actually really like it. Yeah. And then, GM, you know what you could say is, we build sports cars. You could actually say those words again. Mm -hmm. And genuinely, you would. You've got the the bones are there. Mm-hmm. Everything's right there. Huh. GM, we're giving you gold. And yeah, we'll see. What we'll on see. earth? Kirby, hopefully something there was helpful to you. Go buy a fun car. Let us know what it is and, totally. uh, and go drive PCH. And next time we're in California, we'll come bug it. No, that <laughs> exactly. actually won't happen. But maybe. Who knows? So let us know what you get. I hope that was helpful to you. We have a car debate for Scott coming up. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Thanks to our television sponsors, both Griot's Garage and Covercraft have been incredibly generous to bring television once again to you guys. Not only to the Motor Trend Network, but really it's helpful to go everywhere else. Mm -hmm. You can get our content for all those episodes. This is how the TV show gets produced is those two sponsors. Candidly, that's exactly how it happens. Huge thanks to these guys. They've been incredibly generous, and they're being generous to you guys, too, Mm -hmm. with a 10% discount across the board with the code every day. So both companies use the yep. code every day, 10% off. Yep. If you want to get anything, this is sunshades. This is the cool covers. I went on a rant last time about, you kind of looked at me like I was crazy about canine <laughs> covers because I think it's awesome. <laughs> they are cool. They, they are cool. Are you can cool. get all this kind of stuff. You can yes. get some weather tech mats. You can get all kinds of stuff through Covercraft. So every day is the code there. Of course, Griot's, we love all of their car cleaning products. I don't use half of them right. Paul uses all of them correctly. And my car still looks halfway decent. By the way, I just read <laughs> on their Instagram, yes. if, if your car care products freeze, that's okay. And this has actually happened to me because of and all of me. you listening that are in the Midwest and in, in the deep freeze right mm-hmm. now. We are yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's really crazy going mm-hmm. on. But they actually do their test and thaw, their, their freeze and thaw do testing they? periods. Good. And so they just say, give it a quick shake, you know, make sure it's mixed thoroughly mm-hmm. and you should be good to go. And I can verify that because I actually left Speedshine out in my garage last winter and it was a brick. Well, and then I shook it up in the springtime and it was fine. I left Speedshine and all my other products in my garage and left my door open one night and came out and went, uh-oh, in the morning. So, yeah, I, I've <laughs> so done these exact things. So that did work. So those both happened. Uh, thank you guys for uh, – thank you guys as our sponsors, both Griot's and Covercraft, for, the, for your support. Also, while we're talking Covercraft real quick, have you seen American Original, our Corvette film? Mm, Covercraft yes. was the presenting sponsor of that as well, yes, which is fantastic. You. And if you've wondered about the – it was actually an email about this. Actually, I think it was an Instagram question today. Somebody commenting about having seen American Original and wondering where <laughs> the near-miss behind-the-scenes stuff was. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, spoiler alert, it's all in the end credits, but it is in there. You've heard about it here. Yeah. Now go watch it. Uh, and thanks to Covercraft on that as well. Guys, if you've got your own debate, please write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Or you can find us on the website everydaydriver.com yes. and go to the contact button under the About tab. That's what all these people have done. And it doesn't matter. Well, it kind of matters if you're buying like tomorrow or in the next week. We might not be able to get it. But if it's, you know, you're a month to three <laughs> months away and you're we just need starting a little bit the of lead process, time. <laughs> you do need to give us some advance warning. But please send your debates in. We love that, that we are getting debates from all over. For sure. And we've got this next one from Scott P., who I don't know where exactly he's located, but he says that, uh, you know, he's been enjoying the reviews here. And he's looking at something new because he currently has a 2011 Infiniti M37X. Mm-hmm. That was their 5 Series competitor. Bit of a rare car. You don't see very many of them. Yeah, yeah. you don't. 
It's getting up there in mileage, depreciating rapidly. And so he's looking at staying with the brand Mm -hmm. and going Q50. So the newer Infinity. Sure. They switched initials. It's in the case you well, it's the current three series the equivalent under Infinity. It's all Q. It's the Q. It, it, the Q fifty is the three because it used to be the G thirty seven, which was the yes. three series equivalent, and now it's moved. G M Q. Yeah, monkeys oh, throwing darts at the alphabet. <laughs> sure, Q. We'll it's go with be Q. Great. Q works. Let's do Q. And then the Q sixty is the coupe version. He's yes. looked at those, but he's concerned about the fact that he would like a manual transmission, and Infinity has said. Manual? What is that? And they've also, by the way, said manual steering. What is that? Because they've gone to steering by wire. So he's thinking, like, maybe I should leave there's Infinity. Not, there's not an actual steering shaft? What? That's, why is this? What is this? Well, but side note, on that real quick. side note on that real quick. What I find hysterical is, for safety reasons, they made a, a steer-by-wire system that when that fails, it goes back to, I don't know how this works, it goes back to an actual shaft that it grabs so that it is connected if something fails. So it is in there. So, yeah. But my point you is... You know that was lawyers. You know, you know that, that was, was lawyers. But my question is why on earth didn't he just if the steering shaft is let's just be done why build technology on top of it why why did we do this anyway yeah your point is taken i i agree if there was no steering shaft i understand you had you had to connect it somehow it's electric the steering shaft is in there what what are we doing dang it i snipped the steering wire when i was trying to hotwire the car (laughs) i snipped the steering wire it's running but the steering wheel does nothing don't not the green one not the green one okay all right so Fortunately, I don't think you're going to be hot wearing a car, but I no. think uh, you need something in consideration of what you're looking at here. You need something luxury-oriented, Scott says, or at least has proper, air quotes, looks mm-hmm. to it. It needs to seem professional and somewhat high-end. Well, it's because yeah. of his career, and he's saying, you know, my, my career, it needs, uh, you know, I, I need a professional look to mm-hmm. things. Sure. Not the flashy kind of thing, but he needs something... You know, that that matches what his career is. And that's still unknown at this point, but we kind of get it. Totally. totally Scott, you have yeah. also not given us a price, but by virtue of the list you've given us, I think yeah. we can kind of glean it's from gui- that. It's guided us for sure, yeah. He's got the Subaru BRZ on here, and he's got a WRX, but then he moves to an A4 if it's a manual, mm-hmm. and also a Lexus RC350. So that's a surprising choice thrown into the mix of these other cars. Well, the BRZ and the RC are clearly, okay, here's a 2 plus 2 more coupe shape. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if you're concerned about kind of proper looks, luxury looks, the BRZ doesn't cut it. And I, you know you know, I love that car, but it doesn't yeah. cut it. Yeah. But that gives us the 2 plus 2. And then, of course, the WRX versus the A4 is the same discussion. We're talking about small sedans. The mm-hmm. WRX is a very fun car. We like it. Is that classy enough? You put it next to an Audi A4, and the Audi A4 is the grown-up's car. Let's be honest. It just has a 1,000 pounds more sound deadening is all it's got. <laughs> it's really all the difference is, yeah, right? Yeah, well, slightly different interior, but oh. I take your point, yeah. Okay, all right. So he's willing to give up manual transmissions as long as the car is stylish mm-hmm. and offers very capitalized, very good handling. Which is why the BRZ even made it on the list. Right. Yeah. doesn't have to be super powerful, Help save fuel. He wants good good economy. Yeah. And something reliable, having come from some unreliable cars in the past. Okay. So what are we thinking here? Well, first of all, what's your budget that you're thinking? Well, I'm, I'm trying to stay. I'm trying to stay as close to 2025 as possible. I think the high end of this is probably 30, but I'm trying to hang out in the 2025 world. Based on the things he's listed, I think that's mm. probably where we are. Where surprising are you? nobody. I went from 25 to 35. That was yeah. my range. Yeah. I think 30 is probably the top. I mean, end. that was based on the A4 and the Lexus RC in there. Totally. So I thought but 35, yeah. right? Yeah, I think that's the high end. I think that's the high end. Uh, so I, what I am chasing mainly is a luxury manual. 
coupe or sedan. That's kind of my criteria that I'm okay. chasing here okay. based on what Scott's told us. Uh, as a result, I don't think the WRX or BRZ are nice enough. I like them both. They're both cars that I would recommend to people, have recommended to people. In fact, this is the first time in forever that I've said the 86 platform does not work at all. I but think I don't. this is a momentous occasion. <laughs> exactly. Can I write it that down. In stones? Write it down. <laughs> okay. This podcast is going to be called 370 No 86. That's actually going to be in the title. Break the glass yeah. in case of emergency. Yeah, exactly. So that's. Holy I don't cow. think that works for you because I actually don't think it's nice enough. But I think the Lexus RC350 is interesting for you, Scott. It is. Because it is, actually. It, it is in that same luxury. I mean, obviously, they targeted this. It's in that same luxury tier as the Infinity, mm-hmm. obviously better known. Mm-hmm. But you've been able to embrace a little more sports car while still staying in that world. Yes, I hear you on the Infinity Q50 and the Q60. Of course, the Q60 is the RC Lexus RC competitor. I actually think that the Lexus is the better play here. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because of the steering, yeah. because of the way it delivers power, I actually even like, as much as I don't like the Predator Maw, I think the Lexus 3, uh, the RC, it starts to work, and I think the <laughs> LC500 is the place it should have always been. Those are the two places where that crazy grill actually works for me. I can't say my derogatory comments. Starting to work. Well, yeah. we are not yeah, there. We are, we are st- technically still a family podcast. You're on the right so, path. Lexus RC350 I like for you. I have... Two others here that are kind of wild cards that struck me, but where are you? You know, I'm thinking mainly sedan, and I don't know your career. I don't know what that's involved with, and I'm thinking uh, I started the Alfa Romeo Giulia. I started Mm. there because you and I have been so surprised with the handling crisp feel coming out of that car out of a base julia it's awesome what are, what are the base uh used ones now i well down? i failed to actually look them up okay. but i would suspect around 30 the base used ones probably are yeah stylish no manual but really surprising great driving car good yeah, handling i wouldn't apologize for it for a second the reliability is where things come into play we don't know <laughs> just it's an unknown we just don't Scott, know this is a brand new platform it yeah. doesn't share anything else they started with a clean sheet of paper rare does that happen at a car company but they knew they had to mm-hmm. to bring the alpha name back so while i don't think it shares anything with the haha oh you bought an alpha mm-hmm. <laughs> you're screwed kind of thinking from the past. I don't think it shares that. It's just, we don't know what this new chassis and platform and wiring harnesses, electronics, and Mm -hmm. everything was engineered for that car. It doesn't share anything. Not Maserati, not FCA, nothing. You're in luck. So we don't know. 25 to 30, you can get them. Sweet. I just looked I, it up. I was thinking they had Quadrifolios are down to 55, by the way. That car haunts me. <laughs> Another haunts public me. service announcement. Yeah. By the but way. 25 to 30 for the base Julia's. That is that is so a really compelling car for that money. Really very it's compelling. Just, it's just, yeah, the, you it. know, with 30 That's to good. 50 to 60,000 miles. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I would like to give it the benefit of the doubt, which I have with the Quadrifolio. Sure, sure. And say, yeah, they're going to be good because they started fresh, you know, fresh suppliers, yeah. fresh everything, none of the old alpha baggage from the past. But these are 2017s too, which also means they're still under warranty. True. Good point. That's the other part Good point. Where we're early on in the warranty life and you may have it for a year and be like, I'm done with that. But it, I like the fact that you're kind of unexpected there and I think Scott would love driving that car a lot. I think lot. you would, Scott. I, think I really so. think you would. Led me to a few other cars. I've got the G70 on my list, but I uh, it's a question mark because it is unknown, undriven by you and I. Yeah, and I think yet. it's over 30. And it's probably at like 37, 38. So that's yeah. my headspace. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. led me to the Kia Stinger. 
Yes, we've seen those for mid-30s, believe it or not. Yeah, I mean, the GT1 you're going to find for 32, 34, somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. It's a large car. That led me to the BMW 430i. Okay, you've stayed very new. I love it. Which I think you could pull off. Okay. There's also a 2011 Porsche Panamera S floating around the internet for (laughs) (laughs) $29.9. It just happens to be floating out there. Wow, I'm just not surprised that happened. Yeah. Honestly, I'm actually kind of gravitating towards the BMW. Okay. If you can find one for 30 to 35, okay. I'm kind of digging that for you. Okay. It's so understated. The reliability is going to be there. It's a modern BMW. And again, yeah, it's right. not the high-strung M car. It's not True. a race car. True. They're designing these things for you know a lot of use. Mm-hmm. It's not like BMWs break at, oh, you're 23,000 miles. <laughs> well. No, they're going to go a long time. You just got to take care of them. BMW does their, so does Mini, actually. They do their 50,000 mile everything included thing, which yeah. let's just yeah. amortize it out. That's an accountant somewhere going, these cars aren't going to break in the first 50,000. We can afford to do that. Yeah, Which means exactly. if you buy one at 70000 BMW's no longer defending you. So clearly, clearly an accountant went, no, no, something's going to break. 51000 Exactly. But oh. that first 50, you get one under fifty, it's going to run for a while. I, actually, I like that you're in BMW because I yeah. have uh, two here that are German. Do you? Okay. One is, if we're going to stay BMW, 335iS. Yeah. For, well, those are under twenty. Exactly. Sheesh. I'm trying to stay under twenty five. So classy. Oh, yeah. Fast. Understated. Only only enthusiasts even know what that car is. Otherwise, it's just you bought a BMW. You bought a last-gen BMW. Mm-hmm, but it's mm-hmm. still a classy brand, powerful, fun to drive. I didn't like them new. I love them used. That's true. I mean, $20,000, they're, they're, they're a really surprisingly good car for that money. You could probably work your way into a newer base 2 Series, 228. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at that RC, and I'm trying to think – Two-door coupe, if I can. Two plus twos for 228's you. Two twenty-eights, right in there. Which is why why I like that three thirty-five IS. I think that's compelling. So just get rid of the well by now. Use they don't have those run flats. I think they were Dunlop run flats, and they didn't do the car justice. Well, in BMW any way. BMW kind of failed themselves with run flats on all their just stuff for a while. Just stop move on from that. Yeah, with for the run sure. Flats. So three thirty-five IS. I tires. think you would love. And then also, you mentioned the A four here, Scott. I'm going to see your A four, and I'm going to raise you to S four. S4 manual. Watch our piece, the RS4 versus the S4. We did the snow a couple years ago. That local S4 was bought for the mid-20s, if memory serves, and was it was it? a manual. I thought it was like low 30s. For some reason. Maybe at the time, but by now they're down there. That's true. S4, manual transmission, done. Don't do A4. Go S4. You'll be very happy. This is obviously yeah. the generation prior to where we are now. Great car, though. Very cool car. So those are my recommendations for you. Hopefully, Scott, something in here is helpful. Yeah. That's when the architecture started to change on those A4s, which is good. Yeah. And uh, driving dynamics actually improved quite a bit. We Hey, watch that piece. We like that S4 quite a bit, especially the fact that it had that manual and quite a bit of power. It's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Scott, thanks a million for writing in. Guys, if you've got your own car debate, you know where to write. We will jump to audience questions right now, though. And I want to start out uh, from a question from You Know Nothing I Flow on Instagram. <laughs> I love it's a long handle. It's awesome. Perfect. Pretty cool. Asking us, do we have plans to put the podcast on Spotify? And okay. what are the hurdles? You know, he's saying a lot of people use it for music. Yep, absolutely. I listen to Spotify a lot, and it's become a default for podcasts too. Mm-hmm. The good news with this switchover that Todd and I are talking about, the new podcast will syndicate to these following places. Mm. Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. 
you should be able to find it somewhere. So therefore, it's going to be out there. Hopefully, hopefully you'll be hearing excited. this podcast. Yes. Yeah, that we're excited by that. So hopefully that answers your question. It might just take a while for things to syndicate and populate and all that stuff. So yeah. just yeah, yeah. be patient. Give us a while. And by the time you hear this, everything should be sorted. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, somebody asked me, let's see, it's uh, Alternator33 asked me on Instagram, I have a new winter beater. Yes, I do. The uh, Mitsubishi Lancer with stories coming, video coming. Uh, now that I have a new winter beater, does this mean now it's time to rotate the Lotus out and get some something else. Mm. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think I'm probably about a year away from getting rid of the Lotus. I'm going to have it at least through the next good summer driving season. It's it's teasing me right now because it's just this week been warm it's enough sitting, yeah. to drive, but my driveway is still an icy disaster. So only the Cayenne and the Lancer with winter time. My driveway's flat, by the way. It's just flat <laughs> it's and <laughs> icy lumpy right now. Yeah. And it baffles people when they try to back down. And it, it, you'd think it was some weird road course the way people screw up backing out of it. It's a side note. So I can't get the Lotus with summer tires down the drive mm. right now. Mm. So that's why it isn't going to be driven. And it's teasing me because it's clean and it hasn't been driven in a couple months. And I keep walking by it going, oh, so that car is in my life for a little bit yet. What's next? I don't know. I'm going to enjoy the Lotus for now. I'd love to, I've said it before. I'd love to get an Evora S. I really want an Evora 400. We'll see what the show does. Yeah, exactly. And there'll be, exactly. there'll be raffling of cars. I'm sure when the Lotus goes, and again, when the Lotus goes, which isn't soon. I'm sure we'll raffle that car. I hope it goes to another great enthusiast owner, probably somebody listening right now. Yeah, agreed. All right, randomness question on Instagram. Says that we often talk about driving in cars that we love as mm -hmm. an event, event-based yeah. yeah. kind of feelings towards these cars, no matter how mundane they might be. What other choices do we make in our lives that turn ordinary moments into events? For him, it's hi-fi analog stereo equipment, unnecessarily mm -hmm. fancy boutique guitars, and professional cookware. All very good. <laughs> All very interesting. Very good. I actually think, look, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw myself under the bus real quick. I th actually think you are a much better connoisseur of things in your life than I am. Well, uh, you are. I mean, you, you're going to be nice. The design background. You're going to be nice honestly. to me right now. But the truth is, I am much more disposable and just like, I need to eat something. I need to watch something. Except, actually, I am a little bit obsessive about movies. I want to oh, watch yes. a movie in a right situation with well, good sound. I want to have the, the, the lights at a nice low level. I'd like to watch on Blu-rays. The movie, Blu-rays, you know, the mm -hmm. way the movie is projected. It can't just be a movie. It has to be Blu-ray or better or mm -hmm. something to pull the, the I, I really, if I mean, look, I have a nine-year-old. We watch plenty of streaming stuff. Yeah. And yes, obviously, all of our show is available on streaming. I consume plenty of stuff streaming. If I really sit down to watch a movie, I'd like to have it not streaming. I'd like to have it better mm -hmm. than that. That's me being picky, but that's one place. Otherwise, I'm just like food, stuff, clothes. <laughs> I, I'm not a very food good connoisseur. Is, it is not a joyless experience. No, no, but no, Eating no, no. is not joyless. No, no, I would actually say that I eat, this is going to sound weird, I eat like a lot of enthusiast drive, and here's what I mean. A lot of my eating is commute eating. I just, I need to fuel the body. And then I have yes. moments on weekends and special occasions where I just, I seek out a good meal. But a lot of time it's just like, hungry, eat. <laughs> Must edit. That, that's that's a lot of what happens. Let's be honest. True. Although you do, you've been to we've been to plenty of nice restaurants. I, I you love, do enjoy. No, I love a good restaurant. You know, the just, honey with the cheese and I, the whole. I love yeah. I love eating well, but it's just that's that's like the fun weekend drive for me. That's kind of how I eat. I just otherwise I'm just commute eating. That's that's I'm going to stay with that term. I commute eat, <laughs> oh my God. and then I have the fun Sunday drive eating. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually suggest four here. And they are going to be uh, for both men and women, I will say. Watches Whiskey and Design? Go. Well, that is coming. Well, maybe. We'll <laughs> maybe. see. We'll <laughs> see. I'm, I'm still considering that. 
But the four are pens, the art and craft okay. of writing. Okay. There's something about owning a very special, expensive pen and using it. Okay. And the things, the words that you choose rather than just using a simple Bic pen. Okay. I would say both men and women shaving with a good razor. Whatever shaving sure. that you do. Sure, a, okay. The better tools make for a better experience, right? Okay. Skincare, good money on good skincare, I would say. Okay. And then finally having people over to drink a good bottle of wine for no reason at all. Just okay. I the see pictures, it. the laughs, the just, I see it. Yeah. you know, hey, it's a Tuesday. Hey, everybody, come on over because it's Tuesday. We're going to pop open this awesome bottle of wine. My skin was a disaster. I had pizza face for most of my teenage years. And you can see the scars on my face if you watch the show. So as <laughs> well, a result, I just am like, I have skin. I have skin. Hey. That's fine. That's about as far as it goes. Hey, anyway, my, my wife, meanwhile, somehow has not. I've told this story before. My wife has somehow not aged. She gets carded. We had we had we had friends, good friend. Again, my <laughs> wife and I've been married twenty years. We had good friends that were in town, and their parents were were with them as well. And they yeah. were walking around our house, getting the tour. And they get not that our house is grandiose, but it's just a thing everybody does, right? Sure. Oh, show me your house. Sure. Top of our stairs are our wedding photos, <laughs> which I never think about. They're there, whatever. I think I've told this story before. Yes, you yeah, have. It's funny though. The the mom stops and goes says to my wife. She says, "Ah, oh, you look exactly the same." <laughs> and my wife kind of demurs, and then she goes, "And Todd looks good too." <laughs> I always love that. That is that is my wife and I in a sentence. I just love she. It caught in her throat. She couldn't figure out how to finish that sentence. And Todd looks good too. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, you had climbing on. hair back then too. You had a lot longer hair. I had actually. a lot longer hair. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, my hands look like the hands of a ninety-year-old because I spent so much time climbing without sunscreen on my hands. Looking at that this week, going, my hands are old, but it's a lot of sun sun damage. Anyway, so so it, <laughs> anyway. ultimately, it's it's actually a public service announcement for sunscreen. Hey, I don't know how go. we got there, but welcome to the podcast. <laughs> wow, <Yeah. laughs> we work our ways. We work our ways. You never to know. A lot of places. You never know for sure. Uh, Loss five fifty said, "What advice would you give someone trying to get into car photography or car videography as a career or business?" Mm. Um, I, this is kind of a joke and kind of not. Don't expect to make much, and I don't mean that to be a, a, an insult or depressing, but. This mm-hmm. is going to, it's going to suffer. You're, it's going to hurt for a mm-hmm. while. You have to have a major love of it. This is how Paul and I have approached the situation. We work very hard and we are by no means rolling in money. Okay. No. And we've worked very hard to get the show where it is. And many of you have helped us and supported us. All of you listening, support us. That helps the show make money. Yeah. This is a hard thing to break into and to make a good living at breaking into and making a living or making a side thing. I, that's what I would say. I would say start it as a side hustle. Just so you can do it mm-hmm. and get experience and make some money and work your way toward it being the thing and expect that Tom, who who used to work for us and yeah. now is working for one of the biggest magazines in Europe. Auto Motor and Sport. Yes, he's doing very well over there. Tom is not rich, but the access he has is insane. It's astounding. He's driven so everything. He's driven everything. In fact, I didn't even tell you this yet. I'm telling you right now on the podcast, oh, you no. have, he was in the 992 today. I didn't need to hear that. Yeah, I know you didn't. But anyway, this is you were in a GT3. It's okay. Well, I was um, in a GT3 touring. I was in neither. But, mm-hmm. um, but here's the thing. It's, I, I gallivanted It's today. the experience and the stuff that you get into and get close to that makes it worth it because the financials may be really tight. Beyond that, I would say just start doing it. Find friend cars, friends' cars, other people that you know. If you're not driving a car, it's much easier to get it loaned for video and photography. The problem you and I had when we started was we wanted to drive that person's car, which they were not nearly as excited about. Mm-hmm. A lot of people with very nice cars would like really nice photography. You can build up your portfolio, 
and maybe work your way into getting paid for it. Look, when I was at design school, a guy sat me down. His name's Dallas Good, and he has been an instructor for a long time, and he was an upperclassman, and he looked me in the eye, and he said, get good at something. Mm. Go get good at something, Mm. whatever that is, in your design career, whatever you do. And I would suggest shadow a photographer Mm. or ask for an internship or pursue them or go work. Most internships are paid these days, but even if you have to do an unpaid internship now, I'd say go get the experience because you will learn so much about yourself and how you work. And you'll say, well, I learned about that. That's not how I do it, but at Mm. least I know how Mm. other people do it. Or you'd say, wow, I had no idea how that, that got done. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And then you take it further your own way. Mm. Absolutely. Go get that experience because you're going to need it. And yeah, there's no substitute for the mileage, the work. Todd and I both have held jobs up to this point, other jobs, yeah, and yeah, yeah. very much did our best to make it not evident that we did with the show, even though it was a side hustle for a, for long, a time. long time. Yeah, But it's no longer that way. I mean, we're just starting, you know, to... <laughs> finally well, be able to realize last that, year 18 months is when that's really happened you know for, for a good yeah. 10 years we both yeah. had other jobs in addition to doing this mm-hmm. and with the perception that this is the only thing we do to some degree yeah 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 so that's that's been the difference um anyway appreciate the question though really cool all right uh question here we've got to jump into design questions from michael d if i were to spend the rest of my life only designing one part of a car <laughs> i saw this this is cool keep going I knew that my design would be manufactured exactly as drawn, and I can update the design once every 12 months. What part would that be? Hmm. His guess is that I would design seats. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad, because I'm thinking about interiors. Yeah. And uh, interiors are becoming ever so much more crucial mm-hmm. in the buying and ownership experience nowadays. Yeah, agreed. Not just seats. Agreed. But, of course, every designer gravitates towards exteriors because that's where the money shot is. That's the, yeah. the yeah, glory. Yeah, yeah. You designed the, that thing. Yeah. I didn't do an designers. interior door handle. I did the exterior yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. The, the overall sketch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, mm. headlights could be up there. The, the graphics, I could see that. The graphics yeah. on a car yeah, because you incorporate that. new technology as things sure. change. Sure, sure, yeah. So, headlights are endless. There's a lot of creativity you can have there. Uh, you know, just... Uh, refreshing, I would say, mm. but that can get boring. Seats is not bad. Seats is not bad, but I'd say maybe mm, instrument panel design, depending on the car, because mm. there's so much to be done with either autonomous or what yeah. does the car's function involve? And are we going to have buttons in place of a shifter like Chevy does now? Are we going <laughs> to actually make that choice? The GMC terrain, button, God. button, button, button. Yeah. <laughs> They're window switches masquerading as transmission buttons. Hey, it's we awesome. have a box of leftover switches. What do we do with these? You know what we could do. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> Shalim Hussein asked on Facebook. He, he asked a lot of things. I'm going to try to touch on a couple of these. He's essentially saying, where's the line of touchscreen tech versus actual buttons? Is it, he's kind of asking it four or five different ways, like touchscreen or some touchpads or a mouse or you need the, the puck for different things. Should climate controls be buttons or not? I'm going to see if I can define this really quickly. Touchscreens are here to stay. 
Mm-hmm. The best thing about a touchscreen is look, pick up your phone. You can have not where you're driving. No, no, no. Yeah, layers and layers and layers and layers and layers of information without ever having a single button. Yeah, it can it could be endless theoretically. So that's why they're here to stay and they're great. Okay, and it's why they work for phones and they're they're not going away. Right. However, right. you need things in a car that you can do reflexively. You, after you do it three mm. or four times, you can never take your eyes off the road and you can reach over and you can change that thing. And that should be volume on every car should be a knob. Yeah, yeah. Climate controls should be a knob or a button that you can touch. Those two, without fail, I think should always be the case. You can go nuts with other stuff very easily, but those are the two things that just you're going to change while you're driving, and you need to change while you're driving in the middle of doing two other things. Right, right. Sometimes those buttons are on the steering wheel. Of course, obviously, cruise control. Notice cruise control is not buried anywhere in your infotainment system. That has a button or a stalk. Why? Because you need to be able to do it over and over and over. True. That true. should be volume. I know it happens on steering wheels too, but that should be volume and it should be temperature controls. Also for the benefit of your passenger who doesn't want to dig through 45 menus to go two levels down on the fan speed. <laughs> now, how do you put the spoiler up? Yeah. So anyway, so those are the two things right oh, away. That's in that three I think. submenus deep, actually. Yeah. Well, in some cases, I remember when we actually were with a new Panamera and it took us yeah. five minutes and multiple submenus to pop the spoiler up while the car was sitting still. It actually is that's that deep. insane. Yeah. All right. Christopher L. on Facebook asked me about my driving style. He oh, said, this, yeah. it always catches his eye. He can't help but notice that I'm holding onto, my, onto the wheel with my palms and I don't fully wrap my fingers around the wheel. Maybe it's, you know, the finger expressive thing, but, you know, he's saying he drives more like you with, mm-hmm. with his hand fully encasing, fully grasping mm-hmm. the steering wheel. I guess I've never really thought about it, but now that you've asked the question, I'm breaking this down in my mind. Okay. The faster that I go, the faster that I drive, mm-hmm. the more my hands curl around the steering wheel I've seen that for and sure. I'm doing less with my fingers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose you could verify this from footage. I, I absolutely could verify that. That's absolutely how you drive. At low speeds and even, you know, the 30 to 50 mile an hour interview when we're on camera, mm-hmm. I'm more palms because I'm, I'm feeling the car's behavior through both palms, but mm-hmm. my fingers are more read- readily available for the switches, the stocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, and paddles, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But then the faster you go, you're not using any of that stuff anymore. True. Over a hundred. I'm talking Autobahn, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure you are. Sure German you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. Highway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Talking Got that. It. The faster you go, I don't need the stocks. I don't need the turn signal. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. I don't need paddles anymore because I'm probably in top gear. Yeah. yeah. So I just need to drive and concentrate. So my hands curl around the faster I go. It's just been sort okay, of a subconscious I thing. I, yeah. Now that you've actually called it out, and I'm going to be thinking about it You're every interview well, but, but every, he, from here on out. But honestly... There's a little bit of a perception thing going on here because you're right, Chris. I put my hands all the way around the wheel, but I am also not holding very but tight. Very, yeah, very loose, very the, lightweight. My, my fingers are wrapped around the wheel, but but I'm not gripping. There's no white knuckling going on. Paul's just exaggerating that, if you will. If you will, the contact patch for me is still, if you will, my knuckles and my palm, my, mm-hmm. my actual knuckles where my fingers connect and my palm. That's actually the contact patch, yeah. even though my fingers are wrapped around. When you're you watch lightly. guys that are professional drivers, they drive very loose. Their, their hands are... are are very loose and there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure through the palms on the wheel and the fingers are there for sure but there's not a lot of white knuckling going on yeah uh my driving continues to change over time i I feel like i'm slowly getting better with my hands but it is interesting and you are definitely speed related paul for sure the slower you're going the more loose your fingers get and the more you have to speed up and the more you get kind of straight line we're going hard on the autobahn or a track or whatever the more your fingers close in because you're right you're not doing anything else hmm 
Yeah, I just I had never thought about it until you now. You also prefer paddles on the column, which I hate. I like them on the wheel because I don't want to move my fingers much. I just yeah. now thought of that, too. That's also the case. Which, which brings me nicely <laughs> to Baloo 240's question about dual-clutch transmissions. Oh, yes. See what I did there? Yes. He's nicely saying done. outside of the Volkswagen Audi group, so Volkswagen Audi Porsche, who makes a good uh, dual-clutch transmission? Mm. I've got three for you. It's excellent. McLaren makes a great one. Good. They make a very good one. Uh, BMW's DCT is actually pretty good. Their SMG was terrible. Their, their DCT is right. actually good because the SMG right. wasn't a dual clutch. It wasn't actually So a dual the, clutch, the DCT yeah. is actually pretty good, and, and, you, and I think when that's dialed into a really good sedan, that's very fun. And then I also have to give a shout-out to little tiny Mitsubishi, who has the one in my Lancer, yeah. which when it works well, it works wonderfully. And I say that because <laughs> it is finicky. This is an early 2000s tech dual clutch. And all of those, look, Ferrari, whoever was making a dual clutch in the early 2000s, it wasn't quite what it is now. And I'm including, I mean, Porsche was like 09 by the time they were really doing theirs. Well, okay? yeah, yeah, that's when they started. So Mitsubishi had this in the car as of 08, which means it was being designed in the early 2000s, little tiny Mitsubishi making a dual clutch. When it works fast, it works wonderfully. I say it that way because it has a normal mode that tries to be an automatic and isn't great. And also, I have discovered, those of you going through a polar vortex right now, it does not like the cold. The car parks outside. When it is below zero it's here, amazing. the transmission just goes, you know what? I'm just going to stay in park to defend myself, which was not something I knew before I bought the car. So the days we've had where it's been like negative 15 and the car starts up, the transmission goes, nope. I'm not thinking doing it's that. a brittle kind of a thing. It's it's protecting against just the brittle nature the of fact components that, that, that it's could got shatter. Exactly, you've got that two hundred dollar a gallon takes at least two gallons. I was going to say how much is transmission that again? fluid? Yeah, exactly. Fluid? So it defends <clears throat> itself a little more than I'd like it to, but at the same time, I'd rather that than a blown transmission. <laughs> no kidding. All right, back to some design questions here. I've got to find it. Uh, really quick, it's about wheels. As a matter of fact, it's about manufacturers and wheels from Downshifter GT. Why are most original equipment wheels so bad? <laughs> are they an afterthought? No, as a matter of fact, companies and designers spend a lot of hours producing a lot of different designs. But what they do, think about this. They produce different wheel designs for different trim packages. So the designers not only design the car, but they have to design every trim package. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it also has to meet a price and manufacturing standard. So... The wheel design is driven by, okay, well, are these just going to be cast wheels mm -hmm. or, you know, on the upper sports car tiers? Are they going to be forged? Are they going to mm -hmm. be, you know, what manufacturing process are we going to use? And they consider the type of car. So Tesla wheels will look very different from, mm -hmm. you know, the Corvette ZR1 wheels. I'll give an example. Yeah, theoretically, yeah. I take your point. The kind of thing sure. that they're going to want to do and the kind of technology they're using in brakes. So, okay, what kind of cooling do we need to incorporate? And you know, what do we want the car to say? Is this more of a low rolling resistance, BMW i3 kind of look? Mm, okay. And then also, do the wheels need to dominate the design? Do we, you know, we've got this i3. We've got this new cool thing. The wheels need to be really pushed back and subtle. Mm. They're not going to be, we don't get HREs on everything. <laughs> I want HREs on everything, but we don't <laughs> but get But you don't that. want the price tag and they don't work on every car, yeah. And then the whole point of having HREs or something like that is to say, look at my wheels. Yeah, yeah, true. It's not sure. what the car companies sure. want yeah. you to do. So they want you, you to move your eye around the car and notice certain things. You know, Porsche makes great wheels. BMW does. Mm -hmm. That's part of the look, part of the jewelry. But sometimes, in many cases, I think the OE wheels are better than anything else that I've seen on that car and whatever the car that is. Sometimes I think they nail it better 
and it looks better mm. stanced and, and just has a cleaner design. So therefore, they, they do spend a lot of time on design. Yeah. Pages, bulletin boards. They put all their designs up on the movable walls. Mm-hmm. They move these walls around the studio. They're on casters. Yeah. And they're either magnetic or they tape up their drawings. And you roll them over for design discussions. And then you'll roll them back and tuck them away and open up the studio again. And pages of wheel designs. Totally. Well, you taught me, and I have noticed this for sure. You taught me more spokes is more luxury. It is. And if you start to look at cars, you can see that. You can see their intention mm-hmm. based on the kind of spokes they did and the number of spokes. And you'll see luxury cars have got a whole lot more spokes than a dedicated sports car by and large. Mm-hmm. Unless it's an expensive sports car. Then it blurs the line. Yeah, then yeah. It, you're starting sure. to blur the line. Yeah, it's yeah. starting to be like, okay, more an aggressive shape, but there's more of them. Mm-hmm. So it's a sporty, mm-hmm. really expensive, a McLaren or something like sure, that. Sure. Yeah, there can, there's a whole lot of thought that goes into it. Remember the uh, the Everyday Driver TV show? New episodes are happening tomorrow. That is Saturday, and they're coming soon to Amazon. If you do not get Amazon, you're listening overseas. I know. I know. Or you're listening in Canada, not even overseas. Why can't you? Anyway. I don't okay. understand. I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. Share with them. Vimeo can help yes. you out. Yes. Thank you to all of you that have already seen our YouTube Here's Everything We Do kind of breath, breathless trailer that I watch and makes me tired. But, <laughs> but, but I am very excited about all that stuff. We're doing a ton of stuff this year. Lots more stuff coming on YouTube. Thank you guys for engaging with us. Everyday Driver TV at Gmail is a place to reach us directly or through the website Everyday Driver. Thanks again for all your questions. We're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.